Hello, everybody. Good to see you. You know, one of the benefits that's coming is that we could see each other. And we welcome all those that are watching on a screen. We're so glad that you're able to uh, get a part of this uh, weekend and this message. I'm just so excited about this opportunity. I always appreciate Pastor John giving me the uh, chance to come. And I really am here because uh, God put something on my heart. And I'd shared that with John and, and he kind of processed that and said, hey, why don't you come and share that? So I'm excited to do that tonight. And I wanted to just say this. When we speak, Pastor Jake and uh, Pastor John, Kate and Dan, when we speak, is the desire of our pastor and our team not to just give you scriptures and stories, but we speak, we stand here believing that God has something for you in this message to bring about a change in your life. Are you open for that? All right, because this is the kind of message that will change your life. Let me pray. Father, we've prayed over the service and the offering, but I just felt like this is so important tonight that I want to begin this night saying this is all about what you want to do in our lives. I give it to you. I seek you, Lord. I seek your word. Let it come through, Lord. Let it do the work that you have put on our hearts to do. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, the process of this message has been developing, and I've had a chance to really kind of process it with our worship or with our uh, teaching team. Uh, and they really kind of just pulled all of this thought out. I was kind of a broad theme, but they came down to some really simple things that was important. And then I had the chance to really process some things going on in my life, my friend Andy, um, and, and we talk about life and, and things like that. And uh, uh, some of our discussion is brought into this. Uh, had a great lunch with my friend Tom and then uh, Michael, and he's going through a relationship with a woman named Candy. They're working through things. And all of that brought to mind this idea of what this means. And so the title of this message is Breakdown or Breakthrough Thinking. Breakdown or Breakthrough Thinking, all right? And I was, I was thinking about being kind of cute and call it, what are you thinking? But I didn't really go with that. So anyway, so get this message, get this statement, get this. It's on the notes. And if you're uh, watching, you can watch uh, or go to the uh, uh, PDF on the uh, uh, online or whatever we call that. Anyway, I know it's called something. <clears throat> uh, Pastor John has that part down and I just, you know, here it is. Our thoughts are the key to our lives being broken or experiencing breakthrough. Now I didn't coordinate anything with the worship team. All right. And we didn't have any idea of really what we were speaking on and they were doing. But the Lord gave me this illustration, and this is where this statement came. All right, and I want to use this picture and the illustration of these two images to show you that we're going to either build walls with our thinking or we're going to build pathways that take us somewhere. And tonight, in two of the songs, the idea of that song was God breaking down walls. And the reality is, I have walls in my life. You have walls in your life. And it's a result of the way that we are thinking. And tonight is going to be a breakthrough night for you. I want to come back to the verse that I spoke on about a month ago, and I really want to break this down in a greater way. It says in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, and this is what I focused on last time, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The Greek word here for renew is anikeanosis, anikeanosis. Kenosis. It's a Greek word, and it literally means this, renovation. Anybody here ever renovate? Anybody here never going to renovate again? 
Nancy's raising her hand. I'm not even looking over there. She's, she's raising her hand, isn't she? So we, we've been married uh, eight months now, and so we uh, bought a house in Parker, and uh, uh, listen, uh, she's brought her amazing uh, design talents. I brought my amazing uh, free labor talents, and uh, uh, we've been, and it's a beautiful house, and uh, I just love this place. She's made it such a warm, uh, beautiful home. But the process of getting there, all right, was a lot of stuff. Some of you guys here that are my friends have helped me. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we hate this renovation idea of yours here, Hilders. <laughs> anyway, but this idea is uh, you tear things apart, right? And you put better things in or newer things, all right? And there's this process of ripping stuff out and hauling stuff and dumping and all that kind of stuff. And so in this idea of a renovation, we're taking out old stuff or inefficient stuff, or not helpful stuff, and we're putting in new stuff. Is that renovation? Does that work for y'all? Okay. Again, how many of you renovated a house? Okay. Some of you? All right. So let me ask you this. How many of you have renovated your life? How many have ripped out old stuff, good stuff, unhelpful stuff, and put in new stuff? Well, today... I think this message is going to really help you. All right. So I'm going to come back to that Romans. I'm going to talk about two ideas. A conformed thought, and I'm going to use this word, earthly thinking. Because the idea there is you are conforming to the world's ways of thinking, the world's culture, the world's idea. So if I use the word earthly thinking, it's going to be that idea of conformed. And so I want to start, though, with what is the belief behind our thoughts? And so in earthly thinking, here are things that are behind that. And these are things that I've really come to understand in my own life. Number one, I'm in control. One of the issues about our life to now, everywhere I go, every person that's doing some kind of service uh, or, or, or some kind of business, they all are talking to them and they're all saying, everybody's angry. Everybody's on edge. And the reality is, is for many of us, our lives are not in control. We're told to wear masks to church. We're told we can't do this. We're told we can't do that. And it builds up and we're just feeling so out of control. There's all sorts of things in this world from disease and protests and all this stuff that's invading our life. And the good life we had in, you know, a year ago, the summer we were having, how many went on vacation last year somewhere? How many are not going anywhere? You know, we just don't have that control in our life anymore. And the second belief behind these thoughts I'm very capable. It's like, I'm the man. I can do it. When we were doing renovation, I remember telling Nancy, I can do it. We called another pro. <laughs> I took her advice, anyway, on some of it. All right, and the last one, and this one, this one, this one, I'm most important. I'm most important. And those are the beliefs behind the way we thought. All right, now, this is real simple, okay? Breakdown thinking happens this way. This is the process. I'm not a brilliant theologian, so don't expect that tonight. I'm pretty simple, but this stuff works, and I want you to hear it. Breakdown thinking happens this way. Earthly thoughts equal earthly actions, which equals earthly results. Earthly outcome. And if you're here today and you've got walls in your life and you keep hitting your head on that wall, all right, 
And the reality is that some of you see the wall and you know it's there and you know what's going on, but you don't know how to break it down. Some of you are like those funny videos where people walk into glass. I don't know why we laugh at those, but I just love those. Uh, there's one, this gal has a cup of coffee and she's just looking at her iPhone, runs right into the glass. The co- I love that. I'm sorry. I love that. But anyway, all right. So what is the earthly outcome that we know that we are experiencing? What are the kind of walls that are happening in our life? There is fear in our life. There is pain. There's difficulty, disappointment. There's brokenness. All of these are earthly outcomes of the wrong kind of thinking. For some of you, instead of the word breakdown, you might use the word stuck. Don't raise your hand, but are you here tonight and you're stuck? Are you just keep wrestling with the same things over and over? Is it in your marriage that way? Is it in your work that way? Is it in your Christian faith that way? Is it in your church that way? Do you feel stuck? And the reality is, is that the way we think, we begin to build these walls. And sometimes we're so enclosed in these walls, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to get out. And we struggle again and again and again. And God is gonna change that tonight. With God ourselves and with others, we cry, we try, and nothing ever changes. And we don't know what to do. I'm gonna be very vulnerable here. I'm pretty open about my life, but there's a part here that I wanna share that, quite frankly, it's the truth, but it's the truth that I really would rather not share, but it's important that you see this process and understand. So all of you that have been a part of the church for a while know that I was married to uh, my wife, Brenda, and uh, we were together for 45 years, married for 44, uh, had struggles, but we finally built a great marriage and enjoyed the fruit of a great marriage, and she got cancer and passed away, okay? And so many of you, my friends, my loved ones here, amazing support, amazing love, and I remember this. I want to talk to you about something that happened, because this idea of thinking and the Belief behind those thoughts had a dramatic impact on my life. When she died, I will tell you, I rejoiced that she didn't have to suffer cancer anymore. I rejoiced, all right, that she was free from that. But as you know, if you've lost someone, if you've gone through a hardship, a divorce, there's such pain, there's such difficulty. And I've had the opportunity this week to share with other folks in our church who have just discovered their spouse had cancer. And the reality was, and life has this torrent, this river of, of difficulty and of pain at times. But what I learned at that time is that like in a river here in Colorado, if you're a fisherman, there's just those bends that the water calms and it's peaceful and it's good fishing in there. It's a deep pool and you can get some good fish. Well, in my life, I had all these torrents going on and all this grief and all this stuff happening. And my peace was in God. And there was just this place where I could float in that river and that peace. And then every now and then it would float back into that pain and that grief. But I was doing good. I was really doing good. I felt strong. I felt loved. I felt confident. I felt rejoicing. I felt all those things that you should. And that went on for several months. We went through our, her birthday, all right, that first year she was gone, I went through her, I was fine. I was in this good place. And then our anniversary, I was in this good place. And then something happened. October 4th, the day that I was born in 1954, don't do the math, but I'll tell you it's 65 years ago. <laughs> something happened. I had been really in a good place. And I'm sitting in my house alone on a day that my wife usually made a big deal. 
And there's just certain traditions that I experienced at her result of, of making that a special day for me. And something happened. All of this good things in my life changed in a switch like that. All of these things, I'm in control, I'm capable, I'm most important, started to drive some thoughts. All right? I actually wrote them down because I wanted to be clear. All right? In these thoughts, for the next several months, things began to happen in my life that were really bad internal things. All right. And so from my birthday on, I started rehearsing all of these thoughts and I started feeling these things about God, these things about other people. And it led me into a very dark place, sinful thoughts, sinful ideas, sinful behaviors. And I went through that for several months. Here are some of the thoughts. These are my blocks that I built this wall with. Here's what I started thinking at the time. In relationship to God, I started thinking this. I thought if I followed you, things would be good. I thought you would have done a miracle for me because I prayed and I believed and I had faith. I thought you loved me. Because when pain comes in, when crap happens in your life, when stuff just gets under your skin, we begin to think these thoughts about God. And there's many more, but those were the simple ones. Here's what I started thinking about my own self and my life. I thought I deserved better. I've been a good husband. I've been a good man. I thought I deserved better. I thought I could handle this. My life, my good life is over. And this is an insidious little statement, and it sounds really good, and it sounds noble, and all that stuff, and it, it, it isn't. It isn't. It, 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 it was a, a very prideful statement. I would say, man, I had a good life more than I deserve, so maybe the rest of my life shouldn't be good. With other people. This thought about, it, it, listen, I will tell you, this church, the people here that are my friends, the people here that I love, my family, they were there. They were loving. They were supportive. They did so many things for me. They were amazing, all right? But what happened in that, again, with this idea of self, I got used to people loving on me. I got very self-centered in that place. And I began to then just evaluate my life based on how people were treating me. And I got to this place where, in relationship to others, I was thinking my needs were really most important. For you that know me, I love serving. I love giving. I'm very, I just live that way. But I will tell you, I hit a time in my life where all I was worried about was me. Who's going to help me? Who's going to care for me? Who's going to love me? All this stuff that was going on. I thought no one understands. Went to grief share. My good friend Pat, he lost his wife 10 days before Brenda died. We were there. We would cry. We would watch these great videos on truth. And I would still leave that thing. And they don't understand. They don't know what a great marriage I had. They don't know what the good life I did. I had all these things about no one to understand. I will have to say again, outside of all of my selfish thoughts, I can only say that I have good thoughts of the people and the family in my life who were there, who cared 
But what did I do? I built this wall and I shut myself in. And it was a very dark place. And listen, I want to point you back to Pastor John's message last week. If you were here, if you haven't, or you heard it, or if you haven't, please listen to that. He talked about why we need the church. And I'm going to tell you, I would have been far worse had I not had these people in my life. I would have been far worse. If you do not have a circle, a community, a group that is faith-based out of this church, I'm going to challenge you. Email me. Let me know. I'll help you find that. I can't make you friends. I can't give you friends, but I can give you some ways to think about how that can happen. I built this wall in my life that separated me from God. It was the darkest time I've had for decades and it kept me isolated. And I'm going to tell you, the worst part of that is for the first time in my life, I gave up hope. I conformed to a worldly way of thinking. The result of that was the outcome was brokenness. I was broken inside. I felt so alone. And here's the reality, and I'm going to speak the truth. Like some of you, I still was in church. Of course, for me, it's kind of a job description. Hey, let me tell you, I could smile. I could greet you. I could function. I could do pastoral stuff. All right? But I'm going to tell you, inside of me, I was in this dark prison wall. I want you to understand something. This is very important. Repeated thoughts lead to a mind set. You can get by with a thought here and there, but repeated thoughts lead to a mindset. And this was the conformed way of thinking that I had in my life. Maybe you've had thoughts. Maybe you've built walls. Who knows? Maybe you're here tonight and you're smiling like I did, but these walls are separating you from God and you know it. They're separating from uh, others and inside of you, you're just so at a loss. And you're fearful, you're bound, you're even depressed. Well, I got the good news tonight. I've been there, and I know how to get out. And I want to tell you about that. This message, really, the best part is about breakthrough. God can do that. But you have to think in a different way. You have to think in a new way. So I'd like to show you that in this message, what God has for us is this path that takes you somewhere and not a wall a place that takes you in the right direction, in the right destination. I'm going to read out of Corinthians. It'll be on the screen. It's the message translation. It's the, not a word-for-word word, uh, of the Bible. It's someone who really put words to this verse. And I will tell you, this is really good stuff. I want to read it. Out of the message, 2 Corinthians, beginning at verse 10, or verse 5. The world is unprincipled. It is a dog-eat-dog dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't fight, live or fight our battles that way, never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they're for demolishing that entirely massive, corrupt culture. I might add walls. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every 
obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Sounds like a renovation to me. Folks, please hear my heart. I know what it feels like. I didn't, but I did now. I do now. And I want to help you. Colossians says this, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 2. It says this. Such a simple verse, but it's so life-changing. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So this idea is a transformed thought opposed to earthly thinking. Let's have heavenly thinking. So let's start then, and I want to give you a foundation similar to what I just said. Let's start with the belief behind those renewed thoughts. Let me tell you how that works. First of all, and there's more, but I wanted to give you these because I felt these are the ones that the Lord put on my heart. Number one, God is good. God is good. Every one of my earthly thoughts separated me from that idea that God is good. Number two, God is able. So much of what I'm saying and hearing from people is, oh, God is good. But they doubt he's able to change their lives. And the last one is God is trustworthy. This is so, so important. Do you really trust God? So let me take that same line of thinking. Breakthrough thinking begins with this process. Heavenly thinking equals heavenly actions, which equals heavenly outcome. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know if I did, there are some of you that could say, I need a new heavenly outcome. I am living and I need a renovation in my life. We have peace in that heavenly outcome. We have wholeness. We have direction. And can I tell you, we have hope. We have hope. So I'm going to bring you back full circle to what happened. I went through these few months, these several months in this really bad place. And Pastor John and I believe in the word of God was preaching a weekend. I shared a little of this story from time to time, but something that happened into me. And I had all of these thoughts, and they make sense now in a way that they didn't make sense the last time I shared this. But I remember I felt just so hopeless, and I remember Pastor John preaching a message on restoration and what God gives back and using Job as an example. I remember in our teaching team, and I think Jake was there, and just saying, God doesn't give me Brenda back. I was in this earthly thinking. I was just in this place where I was a little just aggravated with God. Because he really wasn't good to me. And he did all these things. And he let it happen. And we think that all the time. And I just remember God in his goodness, in his ability, in his trustworthiness, began to work in my spirit. And I just was sick of where I was. And I do remember that the Lord just began to do something. And I remember, I, I've said this before, I was in the lobby, I was working on notes for our discussion groups. If you'd like to ever be a part of one of those, let me know. But we were in that place. And I was just sitting out there and I was working on questions for the groups and I don't know how God speaks to you. I've never heard an audible voice. Uh, I hear God in worship. I hear God in the word that I read. I hear God through other people who speak. Tonight, uh, one of our great, wonderful gentlemen came up and said, hey, the Lord just told me to speak to you and tell you that the Holy Spirit has anointed this tonight. And he said, you knew that and I knew that. Here's the point. I'm sitting in the lobby, I'm sitting there, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and said, who was Brenda to you? And I began to share all these things that she meant to me. And God is so sneaky. Listen, if he talks to you, you get ready, because he's going to sneak around and hit you with a two-by-four, and you won't know it's coming. And then God said to me, you don't get Brenda back, but you get those things. Those things. 
I started crying. I'm in the lobby. I hope nobody was going to come up and want to talk to me because I felt like a blubbering idiot. But it was the Holy Spirit just washing over me. And guess what happened that moment? I had hope. I had hope. I never thought I would find anybody that would love me. I never thought I could find anybody that I could have that love. And the Holy Spirit in that night gave this, or in that morning gave this word in the message. Jeremiah 29. It says, I have what? Does anybody know it? I have what? Plans for you. What are those plans? They're good. We talked about it last time. And what does it finish with? Hope and a future. Heavenly thinking, folks. And something changed in me. Something rose up with me. Something came down and a renovation, hallelujah, began that day and my life began to change out of heavenly thinking. I repented before God for my stupid attitude, my stupid ideas. I just worked it out there. So it wasn't very long after that I met this wonderful woman who was willing to take a chance on a goofy guy like me. Her turn to be punished. <laughs> Wasn't long after that, the Lord spoke to her in a church service. And I know this sounds, and she really struggled telling me this. Uh, our first date, I, I got to tell you, last night uh, on, on July 10th, a year ago, was our first date. And we went out and, and met and had Mexican food and debated queso and guacamole. And it was amazing, deep talk. And yet... <laughs> For three and a half hours, life unfolded and, 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 and amazing things happened. And I knew that night, I knew that girl was going to be my hope and my future. She didn't. She thought guacamole, too, was the best. <laughs> Not me. It's queso. We all know it's queso. Amen. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Matat. We're going to talk. Yeah, I'm in for eating. All right, let me just tell you. So last night was our one year, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of those sentimental, goofy dudes. I'm a romantic to the max. So we celebrated, and I ce I've celebrated every month on the 10th of the month, our first date, and I do stuff. We had a wonderful date last night and had more fun. And I'm just telling you this. I had a great life with Brenda. I had a great marriage. And I never thought I could have love like that again. And I got to tell you, God is good. You want heavenly outcomes? I'm, I'm with this beautiful woman last night thinking, everything God said that I would get, I got more. Hey, if you want earthly thinking, I've been down that road. I'm done. I'm done. I want heavenly thinking. And so I have now, instead of blocks that made a wall, I had a path that led me somewhere wonderful. So let me give you the kind of thinking that changed. Heavenly thinking. With God, okay, this is his word, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. If you've ever been in a tight spot, a bad spot, a horrible spot, and you read that and you're wondering, God, how in the world can you work good? Give him time. 
Let it happen. Let it unfold. Let God do his thing. I mean, if you really look at scriptures, a lot of God's timing was later on down the road when the miracles happen. And if you're here today, you got to start with that heavenly thinking, but then you got to realize that all things work together for the good. Here's some other thoughts. All things are possible. All things are possible. Listen, I will tell you every heavenly thought in my life led to a heavenly action, but it wasn't about me. It was about how the power of God worked. I've had examples and experiences even this week where I just was frustrated and aggravated about something, and I knew I was preaching this message, and I knew I had to stand up for you with integrity, and the Lord just said, okay, you want to practice what you preach? He'll hit you with that two by four. He'll sneak around. Don't talk to God unless you don't want to really. I'm just telling you. And I said, okay, I'm going to apply. The... What is the heavenly thought here? What is the heavenly thought? And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, something in my spirit happened. A peace of God came. I was settled. I was good. And I was happy. And I was on the right path. And then here's really an important thing. With God, here's a heavenly thought. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. You have earthly thoughts. You're stuck in that prison of your walls. You are alone. But with God, you're not alone. You may not realize it. You may not see it, but you are never alone. With myself, the idea of heavenly thoughts is definitely, came up on our teaching team, gratitude. Those folks that live with gratitude in every step of the way, those are heavenly thoughts. And, and, and one of the things that I'm committed to, and every night I join with Nancy and I hold hands or we, we, we cuddle and I pray a prayer of gratitude because that day God is good. That day God is able. That day God is trustworthy. And at the end of the day, I can preach that and pray that and say that and thank God for the gratitude that I have of what he's done in my life. And so if you paint this picture that if only good things happen, you should be grateful, you've missed it. Let me just tell you, if everything in our life just went crazy for the rest of the years of your life on this earth, let me just tell you, we got an eternity of amazement waiting for us. You cannot miss the fact that it is heavenly thinking to not only look at your present situation, but look at eternity. Gratitude. All right, and this one's gonna hurt. Heavenly thinking, I don't have to be in control. Hey, is there any control freaks out here? Raise your no. <laughs> Anybody like guacamole control freaks? <laughs> Listen to this. The last one was self. And there's more, but these are really, I think, core. No fear. No fear. I can let go. It's related to control, but it's this idea of, I don't have to be in fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. And if you're fearful, there's an issue of love. It's not heavenly thinking, it's earthly thinking, because you're doing all these things in this realm and missing that realm. And that realm says, I don't have to be afraid. Yes, golly, the life we're living is crazy. With, my, with others, okay, this is important. You want that right relationship with God. You want heavenly thinking. It's got to start with forgiveness. If there are people that you are bitter and angry and disappointed about and you are living here with that earthy thought of I'm going to get even, I'm going to have vengeance, I'm going to treat them rotten. Can I talk to married folk for just a second? Is that okay? 
Is that okay? All right, let me just tell you something. You want to know heavenly thinking? I'm going to give you real simple right here, okay? If you've been married for at least one minute, you counsel people all the time. You know what earthly thinking does to marriage. You know how many marriages have ended up broken because of earthly thinking. But you've also seen how many marriages have really been renovated and are a beautiful place because of heavenly thinking. I'll give you a real simple idea, okay? Has your spouse made you mad today? Don't answer that if you're sitting next to them. That's not a good idea. That was a rhetorical question. I should have phrased it that way. Have your spouse done something that just grates at you or has, has hurt you? And what do you want to do? All right, listen, earthy thinking. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to do something. I've done this. Poor Nancy. She had to, I, I did this. I was like, so I'm just mad at her. I'm going to throw my little timber tantrum fit and I'm going to just ignore her and she's going to pay. She's going to be, she's going to be begging me to come back and love her. She's going to be, she's going to be so happy to have me back in her life because I'm going to just get distance from her. And, and she didn't even know. It works that way. My earthly thinking sucks. It didn't work out very good. So here's what happened. Something hurt me. Okay, she didn't intuit, it just hurt me. I'm thinking, what's the heavenly thought? What does God say? Love, 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 love. Love those that persecute you. I know some of you in your marriage are thinking your spouse is persecuting you, but that's not really what he intended there. <laughs> but the idea of love is like, you know what? I'm gonna love her. I'm just gonna treat her so good because that's what she deserves because that's heavenly thinking. And I will tell you, I wasn't mad anymore. I wasn't living this little temper tantrum little stupid thing that, that, that maybe you do too. And I had joy. I had peace. I was happy because of heavenly thinking. And that's just a simple example. I could give you a bunch more. Hey, put your seatbelts on. Might get bumpy. Can I, talk about, can I talk to church folk? Any church folk here? Let me talk to church folk for just a minute. All right. Hey, I'm a pastor. Uh, we live this life. Every week we hear uh, stuff about church. You know, we get calls, emails, all that kind of stuff. I hear stuff. You know, people say this stuff, all right? Hey, let me just, can I push, a, can I push on your uh, button a little here? Okay. Um, boy, that worship team, they sure are jumpy. Whew. What are they doing running all over that stage like that? What is wrong with those people? That's not like the church I grew up in. You're supposed to just stand there, and you're supposed to do the 4-4 time thing. Anybody ever grew up in a church like that? Nobody? We did. Just... Listen. Earthly thinking. Boy, that, that bothers me. That's not the way church should be. We should be very dignified and very quiet. You're not going to like heaven. I'm sorry. You are not going to like heaven. Let me tell you. The great man of worship named David danced and did a little flashing when he danced. I hope that doesn't happen here. I'm not suggesting that. But what I'm saying is this. What is heavenly thinking? Heavenly thinking is such a different place. And you don't leave church mad or irritated because something didn't fit your paradigm of church or your earthly thinking. Something good happened because the name of the Lord was proclaimed. Our hands and our hearts were lifted up in worship to God and we sung about walls that are coming down. Yes. Seriously. Yes. Now look at, look at 
all of us have a preference. I would be on, I love it when, 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 um, oh, who did it? She broke into, uh, I surrender. Um, Camille. I grew up surrendered. <laughs> I just, that touched me. I grew up on hymns. Hymns are good. Worship's good. And, and I was in that generation where hippies were getting saved and bringing guitars into church. And the church was really irritated that a guitar and drums were in the church. And Lord knows it's all about the organs because organs are uh, anointed. <laughs> we cannot have drums in the church. I thank God our pastor was open. I thank the Lord. I was telling somebody the other day, uh, some of you know Marilyn Hickey. Uh, back in that time, in the early, uh, late uh, 60s, early 70s, Marilyn Hickey, young woman pastor, that was taboo then too, she opened up this little dumpy building up on West Colfax and invited every hippie that was in, in, in town. And these young people with long hair and bell bottoms and flared shirts and, and, and never took a bath, <clears throat> they were coming to church and they were hearing the gospel and they were getting saved and they were coming alive in Jesus. And they were saying, can we bring our guitars? And they would sit around and they would begin and worship the way we experience today was born in that environment. What is to say that what God wants to do in worship today might be a little different, but something's born in that. Pastor John talked about young people coming alive and coming afire. It may not have to work through my way of church. I'm just saying, heavenly thinking all right, believes this. God is able, God is good, God is trustworthy. And if you have that belief system behind your thinking, then you're not just gonna get so irritated about some of this little church stuff. Man, so-and-so, they just weren't, you know, I won't go there. Uh, other thinking, love and community, I've said that, servanthood, all of these things relate to heavenly thinking. So let me use again this train of thought. Repeated thoughts lead to a renewed life. That's what transformation is. Repeated thoughts. Hey, I live in both worlds as you do, earthly, heavenly. And if I spend all my time doing earthly thinking, what's the outcome? And yes, we wrestle with this. Yes, at times right now, this week, as a husband, I was getting all upset about something, okay? And the Lord reminded me about a better way. You're going to be dealing with it. But let me just tell you, if you continually repeat heavenly thoughts in your life, you will create a mindset that is heavenly. You will have an outcome that is heavenly. And that, my friends, is the renovation and the transformation that God wants for you. Hallelujah for that. I'm ready for that. So I'm, I know, I know I've got I've to wrap this up pretty soon. I don't even know where the time is. I'm probably way over. Yeah, I'm over. Okay, so uh, you're going to either have an earthly thought right there or a heavenly thought. How many heavenly thoughts are here? Can, can I have five more minutes? Listen, this is simple stuff, but it, and it's, just, it's throughout Scripture. <clears throat> but I wanted to give you something, heavenly thoughts, a starting point that's simple and clear. It's Philippians 4.8. Many of you know it. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, Paul says, fix your thoughts all right, fix your thoughts. The idea there, I really looked at my Greek fix uh, in our term is pretty simple, but there is dwell. Dwell your thoughts on what is true, honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. <clears throat> fix your thoughts, think. Uh, I, was, I was reading this. Experts believe that we have 3,000 thoughts an hour. I don't know how they know that, but they know that. 
Experts always know. <clears throat> here's, what, here's what I know. A lot of men have half that amount of thoughts. A lot of women have twice that many thoughts. Am I right, ladies? Half of them are earthly thoughts about your husband or your boyfriend. Well, that's another story. Okay. True. Oh, I could spend a lot of time here because we are living in a world right now that is crazy upside down. Where do you get your truth? Facebook, media, news, people. How does that shape your thoughts? I, I'm talking with church people that are so fearful right now, and I'm telling you, I, I won't tell it because I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> Somebody very close to me watches news all the time, <clears throat> the conservative channel. I'll leave it at that. And, and they're ready to get guns and ammo. And they've never had a gun in their life. Okay. Now, I don't understand it, but I understand that fear, fear. So what is the truth? What is true? All right? Listen to this. For a good renovation, you have to build a good foundation. Here's what's a good foundation. God is true. This word of God is true. And I'm going to just tell you something. If you're not into God's word and you're getting more influence, more input from other things, you will not know what is true. And there will come a day, folks, and I'm not preaching prophetically, it's in the word, there will come a day where many will be deceived. And the reason that I believe that is they do not know what is true. I'm gonna challenge you with the authority of the Holy Spirit. Get back into God's word. You start studying it, you start reading it, you start uh, meditating on it, you know what God's word is. God is true. This world we're living in is a mess. So who do you believe? What do you believe? You can believe in God's word. You can believe in God's truth. Here's the Bible. God cannot lie. Guess what? It says Satan is the father of all lies. Honorable. Another translation says the word honorable could mean noble and dignified. Are these your thoughts? Can I tell you? Listen, you may not have remembered this, but we have a king that is forever we have a king that is king of kings. And you are his child. You are in his kingdom. You are a part of his realm. And those are the thoughts that are heavenly, that are honorable, and that are noble, and that are dignified. Those are the thoughts that you should have. Right. It's different than truth. Right is connected to the nature of God and his righteousness. Are your thoughts of righteousness? Are your thoughts of what is right? That really is simple sometimes. But if you don't know what is true, you're going to have trouble there. What is pure in contrast to immoral ways of thinking? What is lovely? All right. Uh, I was doing research on these, each of these. This, this actual translation, word lovely there, is the only time that word is used in the New Testament. And really what it means is what is pleasing, what is attractive. Those are the things that you should think about. What is admirable? Is this thought something that can be spoken well of? Excellent. Excellent relates to the essence and the quality of who God is. Is this an excellent thought? Already, you're already thinking all of these things that can be seen as earthly thoughts are so far from what a heavenly thought is. This is a real good blueprint of what we need in our ways of thinking. Is it praiseworthy? In essence, is it honoring and pleasing to God? If you start making 
heavenly thoughts, eventually you'll have the mindset and these thoughts will come so natural. You will be tempted, you will struggle with earthly thoughts, but it will be such a natural part of your life to think heavenly thoughts. And folks, that's the outcome that you'll get. So let me ask you this, what would happen if heavenly thoughts were our regular thoughts? How would your life change? How would your marriage change? How would your family change? How would your church change? This isn't my stuff, this is God speaking to you today. If you're in a wall, if you're stuck, if you're broken, if you're hurting, if you're without hope, as soon as you will just give that to God, the same what happened in my life, you can have a different life. How would it change you? How would it change everything that goes on? Let's pray. Father in heaven, such a simple message, but a profound truth. We have the opportunity today at this very moment to think an earthly thought. To think, oh, I wish my husband or my wife would, I wish this person would respond to this. So earthly in that thought. Lord, I just pray that we can come before you and say, God, here I am. I'm not in control. I'm not able. It's not about me. But Lord, it is about you. And you are good. And you are able. And you are trustworthy. And Lord, here's my life. Here's my walls. Here's my situation. And I give that to you. And so Lord, I'm gonna ask people here today to take a step of faith in the act of courage. And if you're here and you have walls in your life and you want a renovation to take place, would you just raise your hand? You make that declaration. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, for all of these hands raised up, it is your truth, it is your Holy Spirit that will lead them to a new place, a new, place, a new path, a new destination. And I pray, Lord, that their heavenly thoughts will begin right now. And as they surrender to you, as we sang earlier, we surrender, Lord. We surrender to the heavenly thoughts and we begin to see a transformation in our life. And I pray that today in the authority of Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen.